Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome, welcome to the show. And I must first say hello to all of my friends, especially Miss Yoshiko Dart. Hey, lead on, lead on. Justin Spirit leads on. Congratulations that I know he was inducted into the Department of Labor's Hall of Fame. Wow. And he deserves it. And I'm telling you what, we are all about making things happen. And one thing about Justin Dart, he was a man of action. And that's pretty much what I'd say about our guest today, Miss Audrey Russo, who it is an honor for me to have her on our show because I maybe, I maybe think she's a surprise. I think she is a surprise to so many of you that haven't had the pleasure of meeting her. She is such a wonderful, intelligent, dynamic person. But do you know that our own Pittsburgh Technology Council, many of you do not know, is one of the largest in the United States. And that's what a lot of people don't know. But Audrey's going to make sure you do know. And Audrey, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having this opportunity. I am one of your long-standing admirers. So oh, well, I am yours also. So, Audrey, how did you first become involved with the Pittsburgh Technology Council for our guest? How did you even get involved with them? Well, when I was working at Maya Design as CFO and Chief Operating Officer, we were members. We were members of the Tech Council for a very long time. And then in about 2007, mid-year, I actually received a call from a headhunter saying that there was an opportunity to be considered for this job. And uh, lo and behold, fast forward, I've been here since October 2007. Well, aren't we lucky and fortunate that we have you? Because let me tell you what, she has, in my opinion, really taken this forward. Her leadership and her marks are being seen throughout the state and nationally for the great work that she has done. But, Audrey, for our listeners who may not be familiar with our great Pittsburgh Technology Council, would you mind describing the charter and the size and a little bit about it for our listeners on the show today? Oh, absolutely. So the Tech Council, just to give everyone a backdrop, was started in 1983. And in 1983, for those people who actually were living in Pittsburgh and southwestern Pennsylvania, realized that that was sort of a time of deep trouble of high unemployment, but lurking in the background, and at the background at that point, were a lot of smart people working on technology, working on technology solutions, companies, as well as doing research. And a bunch of these guys, and yes, they were guys back then, got together and said, you know what, we really need to create what the um, chambers tend to have for small businesses, but let's focus on tech. Let's focus on that ecosystem and let's build it. So 28 years later, fast forward, we're the largest and oldest tech trade association in all of North America, actually, with over 1,400 member companies. And those companies consist of small startups. About 750 of them are smaller startups under 10 employees. And to the bigger companies, which we call the anchor tenants, which are international companies who make uh, this region their hometown or their headquarters. So it's, our, our objective is to drive the technology growth of um, our region. And so that means by leveraging technologies that are resting in our many wonderful universities to the technologies that are actually sitting inside of some of our big companies who are trying to... Uh, commercialized technology as well. So it's really, really an exciting opportunity because we're growing. While the economy has been retrenching, this part of our sector is really growing. So that's our charter. Make this a place and a hub for the, you know, the best tech, the best um, place for people to incubate and to innovate and to grow their businesses. Now, you're saying, Audrey, we are the largest, one of the largest, or the largest in North the America? The largest in North America. Wow, see that? Isn't that How about great? that? We're the largest in North America. That is awesome. And mm-hmm. when Audrey was talking about the early 80s, I was here, and I did live through that. Um, and, you know, Pittsburgh did. We had a total transformation. I still meet people that will say to me, oh, like, you're the steel town. I'll say, no. <laughs> no, we were. 
I see you haven't been here for a long time. We are, no, we're not the steel town. That's what she's talking about when we went through this major transformation. And, of course, a lot of the steel mills closed, and we had to, you know, make a uh, change in direction, and thank goodness we did. And now uh, so many great companies and great opportunities right here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, exist because of that change. But actually, we have a question for you from Facebook. Here it is. It's from Lorraine in Bradford, PA. And she Hi, Lorraine. says, um, hey, Miss Russo, why do you think people across the United States have no idea about what Pittsburgh is like as <laughs> far as being progressive on the technology end? That is a wonderful question and a question I am asked almost every day. So thank you, Lorraine, for asking that and getting it out there. I think there's a couple of reasons. One is that as so many people, you know, left the region and there was a, there was a tremendous amount of exodus, there's a lot of people who still have a fond love of Pittsburgh, and, but they're not living here anymore. So their perception of the region is what they left. And many of those folks haven't come back. And you're talking maybe 300,000 people. We're not talking, you know, tens of thousands. We're talking, you know, a tremendous amount of people and almost a whole generation. So the perception, and as many people know, perception is very often greater than fact, that it has left us with sort of the remnants of what those folks believed that the region was. What's so fascinating is when they come back into the region, they are absolutely dazzled. And they come back and say, oh my gosh, I couldn't believe this, I didn't know this. So what happened in that period of time is that we didn't tell our story. The work ethic of this region is, you know, hunker down, get things done, and let's not have a lot of fanfare. And that's another sort of fallout about why we don't know enough about what's going on in the region. But believe me, in the viral world and in the, in the social media world, the, the word about what's going on in this region is definitely additive and is definitely starting to grow in a consistent way. And, I, and to tell you the truth, I sort of like that. I like that there's a steady, strong stories that come out of here rather than just one sort of event. So it's going to take time, and I think part of it is is that people like you, Lorraine, need to get educated, and we need to do a better job of, of tooting our horn and being proud of all the kind of, of things that people are working on here. It's a complicated issue when and you here, have here, here a battered-down economy. And here we go. We have Tim economy. from Columbus, Ohio, and his question is, uh, Ms. Russo, a question I have. Over the past several years, it seems like Pittsburgh's winning a lot of awards. Mm -hmm. friendliest city, livable city, et cetera. Why do you think that is? Why all the fanfare suddenly? Well, I think, again, I think it's, it's sort of, you know, the result of some of the long, hard work of what's been going on in terms of technology and manufacturing. I mean, we haven't lost our manufacturing base. Yes, it's shrunk, but we have a lot of advanced manufacturing that's going on in this region. The... Um, the kinds of things that are, are happening now, you have the bike trails. You have the bike trails that connect now to Washington, D.C. You have the river work uh, that's been going on in terms of cleaning all the rivers and creating outside spaces. You have um, a lot of people who are very focused on uh, repurposing and focusing on this city and creating livable neighborhoods. I think it's just sort of, you know, one variable after another that's added up to a lot of recognition. Yes, and you know what? I'm thinking about what you said earlier, Audrey, about uh, the social media. Mm -hmm. There you go. Who knows what impact that has had. I mean, because, as you said, you know, we were sort of like look down, work hard, mm -hmm. and that's about it. But, you know, all of a sudden, if people, when they go home, are starting to talk or different people are talking on Facebook, Twitter, dig it, whatever it is they're talking on, you know, then people start learning about Pittsburgh. Well, and the companies that have come out of here, you know, over the last few years and the last 10 years have made significant headlines. And, you know, we have Google here now that's doubling their workforce. We have, you know, a company like ModCloth that's, you know, grown to almost a $20 million company that's started by people who are now 27 years old. We have, you know, I can go on and on of those kinds of things, and it just becomes um, exponential. And that's actually what I like about it. I think the G20 helped us in terms of getting a lot of international exposure. Uh, you know, people are calling constantly. This morning I got a call from the Baton Rouge um, 
chamber, that they're very interested in what's going on in Pittsburgh. And they heard my name and they wanted to talk about how we, we were building this ecosystem and they were very surprised to learn for how long we've been building. So as communication becomes more pervasive, as it has been with social media, and as we start to make marked improvements in the way we live, like the outside amenities, as well as the, way, the kinds of companies that are spawning out of these universities, it's only going to get better. Yeah, and, and as you said, we, the G20 summit that we had here in Pittsburgh, I mean, that was such a great thing that we, mm -hmm. that we were selected and we had that here. But, you know, people know you when they know you. I mean, the more things like that that happens, mm -hmm. um, all of a sudden it's like here's this diamond people didn't know about. Right. Right. And then we have you, Joyce. You're traveling oh, yeah. around all the, you know, the U.S. and, you know, telling a story that's not, you know, often told. And you're from Pittsburgh. Disability, disability and employment, and you know, all my listeners know, I will. I am determined. And it's going to be with a woman like this on the air right now. So you all know, she gets it. All my listeners across the world, listen, she gets it. She really does. It's going to be with someone like her, we're going to make Pittsburgh the disability employment region. That's what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. That's Remember, because all of us are only temporarily able-bodied. That's right. That's right. That is so true. Yes, it mm -hmm. is. But right now we're going to get ready to go to break. And, oh, my goodness. Every time I hear Patty LaBelle singing New Attitude Now, there I am, front row at the White House, seeing her sing New Attitude. So, Michael, my great producer, take it away. This is Joyce Bender at voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back with our star in our region, Audrey Russo. Don't go away. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Get ready for a show that breaks ground on the subject of women in motorsports and what it takes to dream, believe, achieve. Gas and Go with Alio is all about the movement that is happening lightning fast in women's racing. You'll get a wide array of perspectives from the drivers to the fans, as well as what it takes to be a role model in a male-dominated sport. Join your host, professional driver Allie Owens, for Gas and Go with Alio Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on the Power Up Motorsports Channel. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than three million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. We're here with Audrey Russo the president and CEO of the Pittsburgh Technology Council, bringing this great information to you about people with disabilities, quality of life, and employment, and what's going on here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I have to tell you that 
we have all size companies involved with the Technology Council because there are large corporations such as Bayer, but there are smaller companies such as Bender. And I wondered, Audrey, what is the breakdown as far as mid-size or small companies versus large companies well, we, who have we joined, probably joined have the council? Seven, 750 what we would call tech companies. Those are companies who are actually making or um, they own IP in the tech sector. And probably most of them are under 20 people. So it's hard to say their revenues could range from pre-revenue to millions. And the point is, is that we've created sort of a nesting of a way for the tech companies to create new relationships with some of these bigger anchor tenants here. So that's the exciting part of what we do, is connecting these companies so that they can beta test, they can sell, they can build relationships. Because after all, that's what it's about. And that's how companies get built. So that's really what our configuration is like. Now, why I'm telling you this, if you're listening to the show today and if you're in the region, I don't want you to think you have to be the size of Google or the size of no, uh, no. Highmarker Bear to become a member and to join. As I mentioned you, Bender Consulting Services is a member. But, you know, people seem to forget that 80% of the hires in America are with small businesses. Exactly. So, so you really typical. need to be involved. This, this council has so much to offer. And as a matter of fact, we have a wonderful question from mm -hmm. Lucy. And Lucy is in Pittsburgh. And her question is, if we wanted to join the Technology Council, what do we do? What you do is you can email me. I can make it really simple. Or you can go to our website at www.pghtech.org. Or if you want, you can tell me that you heard me on this show. And it's A-R-U-S-S-O at the same extension, pghtech.org. And we can connect you. We can tell you the kinds of services that we offer, where we're going to be able to help you. And uh, we can share with you all the different things that we do. So thank you. And by the way, she, you know, they have a lot of great things going on at the Technology Council. Um, I mean, they have events throughout the year. They have breakfast. They have all kinds of events. They have a wonderful award ceremony for their CIO of the year. Um, oh, my goodness. They have so many programs. What are some of your largest programs, Audrey? Uh, well, we have a huge our signature event that comes up, and it's really our celebration. And that's in October, October 14th this year, and we're going to have it at the New Hilton right at the point in the city. And that usually attracts about six to 700 people. And it's celebrating and honoring the uh, rising stars of the region in the tech sector. And that includes life sciences and biotech, as well as software, hardware, medical technology, um, as well as green tech and advanced manufacturing. And that's our time where we really are able to uh, highlight what's going on here. And we do it in a very fun way and uh, really try to make an enjoyable evening. But it's an opportunity where our companies, all, the companies who win over the years are usually our rising stars for the region. So they're seriously vetted through uh, you know, an accounting firm as well as through judges who have been in the business. And uh, we just really like to rock out that night and uh, celebrate. But it's really the gift that keeps on giving in terms of recognition. And obviously, Pittsburgh... Um, being a place, as I mentioned earlier, doesn't like to take pride in all the amazing things that we do, we're going to do it for them. And that's, that's how we celebrate. But we have so many events. We connect people um, with venture funds, so people who are look, companies who are really looking for the next stage of investment. We work really hard to connect them with economic development dollars locally or venture funds or angels, people who are you know, private uh, investors to make sure that they have the capital and the wherewithal to grow their business. That's just one piece of what we do. We also, for example, will bring in ventures um, investors so they can see some of the companies that we're investing in and we can make those relationships and then we stand out of the way, you know, move back and, and let those relationships flourish. So we have lots of, we have breakfast briefings. Uh, this week, tomorrow, we have the CEO of Kenametal, uh, hometown in Latrobe, and uh, they do a lot of interesting things in terms of technology. They're very interested in understanding what rests at their feet in the region and ways to create those connections as well as them telling their story 
in terms of how they repurpose their business and are strengthening it around the globe. So we're always trying to create connections that are tied to business development and opportunities. And it just takes its form in lots of different ways. And as you can see, the, the level and the caliber of people that uh, Audrey brings in as speakers at these breakfasts, but if you go to that Pittsburgh Technology website, you can see the calendar and you will know of all of the events that are coming up. And again, hey, this is our pride and joy. A lot of people don't realize mm-hmm. what we have to offer, and that's why we have to make sure that, that we get that story out there and we get the news out there. So, Audrey, when it comes to innovation and technology, what would you say, what do you think makes Pittsburgh stand out? There's so many things that we, first of all, I mentioned earlier the work ethic, sort of the heads down, work hard, Um, don't, as they say in Australia, don't try to be the tall poppy, but just really plow through. There's a huge amount of pride in how people work around here. And I have seen that, particularly as someone who's come out of the region, um, in the last decade, being myself, I can, you can really see the, the caliber of commitment towards work and making a difference and taking pride in uh, where people live and, and how they work. But then also, you, you know, we have these universities. We have 25 amazing universities in, in, you know, a distance if you do a circumference of 75 miles. Look at what we have. I mean, as far out as West Virginia to go to Frostburg, uh, obviously Carnegie Mellon, University of Pitt, both of those universities are taking tremendous um, research dollars and, and spawning out new companies that are in the bio, um, biomedical field as well as the amazing partnerships. We now have Google who is planning to double their growth here and they've taken out some space and now they've grown out of their space on Carnegie Mellon's campus and are moving into East Liberty. I mean, these are these are companies that don't have to make a home here and are making a home here and they're hiring folks. Why? Because we have some of the best and brightest that go to all these different schools. Uh, Chatham, you know, Chatham University is building an amazing uh, additional campus about 400 acres north of the city. They're going to be the first um, master's program in engineering and food, you know, which talk about the future. That's, you know, one of the most uh, up-and-coming uh, opportunities, and they're looking at technology. How, how does that all interface? So, you know, we have the talent, we have um, the access, and we have a lot of people who believe that they, they have a chance to make a difference. If you go to some uh, more established cities, a lot of the younger people and even more experienced people are saying they, don't, they really don't have a chance to touch all pieces of the infrastructure. You can do that here. You can have, do great work, you can have great access, and you, know, you can make a difference and be at the helm of, of um, the new renaissance. And I, and I say that with all sincerity because I hear it over and over again. And um, here we go. Ted from Maine, and his question is, I'm interested in Pittsburgh. Um, I have been reviewing the information that I've seen by contacting the Chamber and other groups. One thing I am very interested in is in green technology. What are you doing in that area? We have a cluster. We organize ourselves at the Tech Council by clusters, and one of our clusters is in green tech. And we focus on policy issues that affect that cluster, so what's happening on the state and federal level to make sure that those companies can thrive, what kinds of policies are created that might impede the capability of that kind of innovation. The amount of uh, work that's going on in our region and research in terms of water, obviously we're looking at... um, Things like photovoltaics. There's a huge photovoltaic um, company that's here that's doing a lot of work that actually was leveraged right out of uh, Carnegie Mellon. That company is called Plextronics. If you want to look that up, you can uh, you can see there's companies like Liberty Tire, which I understand has about 40% of the nation's marketplace. Their home is here, and they are um, 40% of the tire market. I meant to say, and in, in um, re- reusable and uh, reuse of tire. So think of they're trying to avoid all that tire going into the landfills and they're repurposing it. Their headquarters is right here in Pittsburgh. It always amazes me. Every day I think I know what's going on, and then the next day something pops up and it's, it's uh, something new. So green energy is something that you know all the universities are very committed to, and uh, we can see a lot of these uh, startups that are coming out of these universities. And as a result, about two years ago, we started a cluster and a focus 
so that we could make sure that we participate in advocacy as well as talent, trying to attract talent and business development. Isn't that awesome? I mean, just the fact that you have a cluster shows you how much we're doing in that mm -hmm. area. Yeah. What are even, some of the other even, clusters, Audrey? Well, let me add one thing. I, mean, I apologize for okay. talking over you, Joyce. One other thing is that um, for our Tech 50 Awards, we will have a Green Tech Award as well mm. this year. So we have plenty right. of companies who are, who are in that category. Okay, everyone needs to hear that at the White House. <laughs> what, what else are we doing, Audrey? What other clusters, I mean, do you have? Well, the clusters are life sciences and biotech clusters. I mean, through the work that's going on at the University of Pittsburgh, the University, uh, the UPMC, the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center, I mean, they have, um, they're doing research on uh, connected health that is pretty amazing. The capability of, of having relationships that transcend the, wa the walls of, of uh, an emergency room or a hospital room or being able to help aid in a surgery remotely. These are the kinds of things that are going on right here. They are really um, crafting some of the most interesting solutions and leveraging technologies in ways that, Joyce, you and I couldn't even imagine. Imagine that, you know, we're in surgery and, and uh, we're sitting in uh, Europe and we're sitting in Germany and there's a doctor here at UPMC that's able to help guide the solution. I know. And it's that happening right here. I mean, we have one of the, with UPMC and all the work they, they're doing, it is absolutely Phenomenal. Their it really is. Technology it really is, is. is profound. Oh, unbelievable. All right. Well, with that, we're going to go to break again. If you just joined us, you're in for a treat because today our guest is Audrey Russo, President and CEO of the Pittsburgh Technology Council. You can see one of our own jewels right here on the show today. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice where disability matters every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We'll be right back with Audrey. News. News. Opinion. Can you hear me? Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Women in business today face many challenges in advancing their careers and reaching their goals. There are corporate executives, entrepreneurs, and business owners that have made their mark in business. Now you can learn their secrets and tips. Listen to Women Mean Business as your host, Bonnie Marcus, explores how to thrive in the business environment, navigate the workplace, and climb the corporate ladder. Listen live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and effectively promote yourself today. Are you a wow, a wise, outrageous woman of a certain age who wants thrilling work, vibrant health, joyful relationships, financial freedom, and the new F word, fun, in the next stage of life? Join host Lynn Schreiber in the Wow Zone each week where you'll meet amazing women who are creating lives filled with passion, purpose, and pizzazz. In the Wow Zone, broadcast live every Tuesday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Anything is possible. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. Our guest today is Audrey Russo who's the president and CEO of the Pittsburgh Technology Council. I want to mention something. You know, you've heard me say many times when I'm speaking 
to companies about employing people with disabilities, I say there is a difference between a welcoming environment and a tolerant environment. Mm -hmm. And guess what? We know. We know. We can tell. I want to tell you, from the first day I met Audrey Russo at her office at the Pittsburgh Technology Council, you remember that. it was a welcoming, <laughs> welcoming environment. It was not, okay, I have two minutes to talk about disability. It was, Joyce, I want to talk about how I was involved. And I just wonder, Audrey, if you just have a few seconds. You yourself did a lot mm -hmm. before working with people with disabilities. Yes, I did. Actually, many years ago, um, I worked in um, a couple of class action suits that were actually um, deinstitutionalizing people who were erroneously placed in uh, long-term care facilities. So they were people who might have had um, a history of epilepsy, might have had um, some estrangement from their family, might have had some marginal um, traumatic brain injury, and they were erroneously put in the systems. And I learned very quickly that um, we're all the same. No one really is different. It's just how, we, how interdependent we all are in our work, in our lives, and that I promised myself no matter what I would do. And as I quickly went into business, I realized that we're really all the same. And it's really important to create an inclusive environment for everyone because what you get from one person who might have approached the work or their world a little differently is what you gain in their perspective. So the more we surround ourselves with people who are different and interesting is the more effective we can be. And that's really what I learned. And I learned that, you know, you can't look at the world through the lens of, of your own eyes. You can only look at the world and try to imagine how other people see it, and they'll always bring new perspective. So it's something that I've really carried with me throughout my life. And, uh, you know, I guess it's made me who I am. So I've had a huge gift in, in that space. And that's how I approach everything that I do. And that's why I appreciate the work that you're doing. Okay, so if you're listening right now, she's not reading that off a teleprompter, and she didn't know I was going to ask her that. No. You didn't That's have this what as a I love about Audrey Rooster when she speaks from her heart. Now do you see what I mean about a welcoming environment? And see, folks, that's what we need. We need to find more leaders like that, more people who get it. The president just signed an executive order where all federal agencies over the next five years will have to hire a total of 100,000 people with disabilities. And exciting? OFCCP, for the first time since 1973, will be enforcing auditing of the employment of people with disabilities as they do with other minorities. That is so exciting. To federal contractors. I'm so glad this is happening in my lifetime. Oh, I never thought it would be happening for a long time, but it's happening in President Obama means it. Remember, his father-in-law, who passed away, lived with MS. He gets it. He lived with it. He knows mm. it. And as mm. he said, his father-in-law went to work every day on time and did a great job. Mm -hmm. And right here in Pittsburgh, with our Pittsburgh Technology Council member companies, I know we have some companies that create products or enable innovation in the accessible technology mm -hmm. area. Mm -hmm. Who are they, Audrey? Who well, we I want to tell you about a really great story. There's one great story. I didn't know you were going to ask me this, but there's really one great story. I've been in this role for, I don't know, maybe just a few months back in the beginning of 2008, and I was asked to speak on a women's panel over in um, Carnegie Mellon University in the School of Computer Science. They had three faculty who were all PhDs, and, the, and they were each there, each of these women, were there to talk about their research projects. So, you know, one woman was talking about a project she worked on about um, energy and managing servers and making sure that you weren't um, using too much energy, and she created an algorithm. Another woman was talking about robotics, and then another woman was talking about working with people who were visually impaired. And uh, she told the story about how she was concerned that people who are visually impaired, it's really tough when they're trying to uh, wait for a bus. 
and how could she try to create some sort of sensors so that people would know when the bus is coming and they could position themselves at the bus stop. And, and I'm simplifying this, so I apologize, but the intention was intrigued me. And she was also doing a beta test to go into the grocery stores so that they could actually use scanning and barcode to use it to feed into a voice so that if you're on an aisle, it could say, Peas by Del Monte, 89 cents a can, so that you would know and you'd become more independent. Mm. You wouldn't need mm -hmm. to, to depend on anyone. So mm -hmm. I was quite intrigued by that, and we talked about this whole remote sensing that she was working on. And then she also said, you know, she really wanted to be able to create an experience for people who might have limited capability of when they go into arenas and sports arenas of getting around and their seats might not be that great, how could they get more engaged in seeing and feeling the game? So one thing led to another, and I introduced her to the Pittsburgh Penguins, and uh, lo and behold, now she has a device that even Mario Lemieux is using, where she's oh. actually doing live video streaming that can be used for any of us. Right? Mario can use it because he can actually, anyone can go to the restroom, continue to see the game. They can sell advertisement on it, and she uses it on every handhold device. And she named it, and this is a woman who's not born here, named it the Yin's Cam. Oh, and yeah. she's going to be on our cover of our next magazine. She's been on Science Channel. She's been on the NHL. Is all interested in her now. And it all came, and she's very, very interested in trying to help people live more independent lives. So that that's just so one awesome. little story of a hundred. Okay. But I thought your listeners would appreciate that one. Now, listeners, you're, you're, I know what you're thinking if you don't live here. Why did she name it that? Right? <laughs> what the heck is that word yins mean? What's that mean? Well, let me tell you what that means. There's this slang in Pittsburgh, instead of saying you, yens, that's what she's talking about. But see, you'd have to be from around here to know what that meant. But that is unbelievable. That is truly a great story. That will be on the cover of your next magazine? It, it will, and if anyone wants to go out and Google it, just Google Y-I-N-Z space C-A-M. And what, you will find story. it. If you have any trouble finding it, just send me an email. Oh, that is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, I know there you are have a lot had, of people um, working on things over at Carnegie Mellon University of Pitt in amazing ways to help people enhance their day-to-day -day social functioning. That's one Many, many things. I can tell you about one more thing. Do we have a time for one more yes, example? Yes, go ahead. People uh, over at Carnegie Mellon, there's a um, section of Carnegie Mellon called the Quality of Life Institute, and there's, that's where there's sort of a mashup between business people as well as faculty who were working on solving problems to ensure that people can live with the highest quality of life. So what does that mean? An example is they believe that people who are hearing impaired or maybe even completely deaf still have the capability to hear and sense. So they created a vest. And in that vest is vibrations. And they believe that through music and through vibrations that this vest will give people an opportunity to sense and feel. That's just what they're working on right now. And I know there's a ton more examples. They're using, they're creating screens so that you can move in and out with your, your visual acuity or your optics. And the screen will get bigger or smaller. Think about that for those of us who wear glasses. So... These are the kinds of things that I have the joy in uh, seeing and hearing about each and every day. That's why I say I have the coolest job in Pittsburgh. And augmentative communication. We have companies here in Pittsburgh that like uh, that do work in augmentative communication, well, like Dynavox. We have you've got Dynavox I mean, that does yes. assisted I mean, technology. We, we have really so much that's hard to keep track of everything. But as Audrey said at the beginning. We just have to learn to tell our story better. Mm -hmm. That's why we need Audrey. And that's why I have her on the show today. So you will all be telling people, wow, they don't just have steel mills there. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Yes, Dynavox, for those of you that don't know, they just went um, public a few months ago. They probably have 350 people working here. Go to Dynavox. 
um, communications with the Y, Dyna box, and you'll see voice um, uh, assistive technology that's used for people who can't communicate in a way that you and I do. And of course, I, the majority of my listeners are very familiar with that, and you know that I have employees that use augmentative communication. I always tell people, for years and years before augmentative communication, can you imagine the prison you lived in? In an institution or wherever where the person felt you had no mind, you could not think, and yet you, yeah, you could. It's just you couldn't get it out. And thank God for augmentative communication. Like Stephen yeah. Hawking, for example. So thank God we have that with us now. And right now we're going to go to break before we come back to close the show with my special guest, President and CEO of the Pittsburgh Technology Council, Audrey Russo. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. At last, a radio program dedicated to helping women look fabulous and feel fabulous naturally. You'll pick up tips on natural detox, learn about the benefits of whole foods, practice stress and relaxation techniques, and learn more about health, relationships, remedies, and self-motivation. Tune in to Feel and Look Fabulous with Arena. Broadcast live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We promise you, it's women's time well spent. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on The Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back, and I am so excited. We had Audrey Russo as our guest today, and I, I want to tell you one other story. A mutual friend of ours is the CEO of Bear, Greg Babe, who, who is board, was a board member of yours. That's probably who hired you, right, Audrey? Mm -hmm. Greg he Babe? He was on the hiring committee, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, and Greg Babe is also on the advisory board of my company, but I've been knowing him for years and years. I didn't years know that. Yeah, I've known him from before, uh, you know, like when he was CIO. I've known him a long time. But anyway, he's a wonderful, wonderful person. And as all my listeners know, he's been on this show before because he won the Tony Quello Award. And just July 21st of this year, he won the Justice for All Award from the American Association of People with Disabilities in Washington, D.C., and he is such a great person. But here's oh what he's gosh, doing. He's fantastic. He's being talked about right now in D.C. And that is that he would hear me say all the time, I'll go to a company and tell them, hey, why don't you hire one of our employees? And they say, oh, if only they had experience. And I say, okay, let's do the math here now. If 70% of people with disabilities are not even part of the workforce, 
<laughs> when I meet them, they have a master's, they have two masters, they have an internship, they don't have work experience. But this has been something people have used for years. So one day a year ago, Greg said, you know how people tell you that all the time? I have an idea. We at Bear are going to choose five to six positions. Now, we're going to keep working with your company as normal, you know, and other, all the other areas, but we're going to pick five to six positions. We're going to bring a consultant on from you. We're going to have them work there for one year, and at the end of one year, I want you to market them. And I want you to tell everyone they have one year of experience at Bear. Now, as you might guess, Audrey, this is no one else in the United States is doing what they're doing with me. Because no matter how talented the person is, at the end of the year, the contract has been made that they're going to go to whomever wants them. What do you think mm -hmm. about that, Audrey? Well, first of all, this, this guy is a magical guy. It's a, it's, isn't it typical of our region in terms of people who really care and really get the fact that uh, it's taking a chance on people? And that's not such a big deal because, after all, the opportunities are, are endless. And, and Greg Babe is one of those people who totally, totally not only gets it, but he's really committed to that. And now he's the president of North America, which makes it even more of a bonus for us to have him in this region. Oh, it does. I mean, he, he is just fantastic. And Audrey, we're very proud of you, and we're proud of the Technology Council, and we're proud to be a member, um, and we're hoping you can help us get the news out about this new executive order and OFCCP, but most importantly, that Americans with disabilities want to work. They want to work, and they can work. Talent should be the only discriminator. Mm -hmm. You think mm -hmm. you can keep helping us with that, Audrey? Do you think we can? I didn't hear the last. Do you think you continue continue helping us get that story out? Are you kidding? I'm very committed to this. You can count on me. You can count on us helping. You can count on us talking about this. You can count on us testifying that this is the most important thing we need to work on. If we can be known as being inclusive, responsible, and respectful. What more is there? Yes, how true that is. Well, listen, before we close the show today, the last two questions I have asked every person, from senators to CEOs to NFL stars to you, CEO of the Technology Council, uh, and the first is, uh, you have already obviously accomplished so much in your life, but what would you consider to be your greatest accomplishment? Oh, my gosh. It's cumulative, Joyce. So many good accomplishments. One is I, when I think back of uh, my early career that I used to be scared of uh, speaking in public. Now you can't get me down. I have so much to say and so much to tell, and I've learned a lot. My mother, who listens to me now, says she can't believe that I've overcome that. Um, so That is hard know, to believe. It is, isn't it? Yes. It is. Hard to believe. Sometimes she plays things over and over again and says, is that that girl I gave birth to? <laughs> well, you, you certainly, yeah, you do a great job, I'll tell you that. And what was the other question? My other question is, if you had a message that you wanted to leave with all of our listeners today, what would it be? Well, there's a few things. One is, don't be afraid to, to brag about accomplishments, never. It, is not mean, it, it does not mean that what you're doing means that you're drawing erroneous bravado to yourself. We are a region of, of a collection of people who are doing amazing things. There are people who are working in manufacturing. There are people who are helping you greet you in customer service. And there are people who are working on hard, hard problems that are going to change the world, just like Jonas Salk did and he came out of our region, just like U.S. Steel, just like Andrew Carnegie. Find out what's going on. Read about what's going on. Ask about who, um, what kinds of projects and what kind of research is going on right in our backyard, right across southwestern PA. Encourage young girls to get into science and math and technology. We need people to continue to advance the knowledge 
that we are actually harvesting right here in our backyard. Encourage the use of technology. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of social media. Don't be afraid of texting. They're all the things that are going to help us change the world. And I'm proud to be a part of it, and I'm proud to be your friend and partner, Joyce, because you're certainly rocking it. And uh, we, we would never, Greg Bay would not be where he is today without the work that you've pushed him towards and help people understand that we're really all the same and create inclusive environments. Well, that we are, but I'm blessed to have you. We're all blessed to have her. And listen, all of you listening, Pittsburgh Technology Council, what is that website, Audrey? www.pghtech.org. Do not hesitate to contact me. Joyce, keep up the great work. We will be spreading the word. We will be working with you on making sure that the message is out consistently and uh, pervasively. Thank, Thank you, you so Audrey. much. Thank you, Audrey. We all love you. Thank you. We're proud to have you here. And as you all know, we end the show with a quote from a civil rights leader or a CEO leader that has influenced the employment of people with disabilities, the end of every show. So today, doesn't it just have to be Greg Babe, CEO of Bear, who said, don't give me an award for doing something that is so easy, so joyful, and helps my business. I'm almost ashamed. Said Greg in DC. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters. See you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.